Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. contains spoilers from The Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass and A Crown of Gilded Bones by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Hello, how's it going? It's going well. Just, I stayed up really late last night (laughs) finishing this book and I, it wasn't because I was like, I have to get this finished. Well, that was part of it, but it was mostly because I could not put it down. So I got stuff. I got to the start of, I got the end of part one and I was like, nope, we're finishing this. We're, we're going all the way with this one. Today is not a day for sleep. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Sleep is for the week. Not. Yeah. Bookmarks are for quitters. So, uh, I, I went for it. I support that. This was a, this was a really good one. I had a hard time putting it down too. I was ready to breeze all the way through it after I got past part one also. There was, there was a lot that happened. It was, there was just a lot of moving parts and a lot of things going on. I, I liked it. I did not like it as much as I liked Throne of Glass, but I did really like it. I I enjoyed um, kind of the twists and turns and some of the things that you find out about all of the characters really. And um, I thought it was a lot of fun. So. Did you buy anything super fun and bookish this week? No, I don't think I did. I, no, I've been good this week. Actually, I lied. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Book Outlet had a sale um, that you told me about, so I blame you. (laughs) But I bought eight books, and uh, I'm very excited about them. They're on, they're currently on their way. They've shipped, so I'm very excited. Um, I got, like, the, the Bromance Book Club like the trilogy or the, the the first three books that I don't think the fourth one's come out yet, but I got those. And then I got some other ones that are kind of parts of series that I've picked up throughout the years. And then um, what else did I get? I got a couple other ones. I can't remember what else I got. There were like eight of them, but I was very excited for those. What about you? Yeah, that was a good sale. I also got books from them, but mine has not shipped yet. So lucky you, you must live closer to them. Um, I didn't buy anything new, but a bunch of things came in. My Alcrate stuff that I bought, um, on Macari came in. So I just got that today and my blissfully bookish teas order came in. So I'm really excited about that. I did a custom, I know we're all shocked, but I did a custom Raven's Eichel t-shirt and it's really cute. So it is so cute. It is so cute. I love it. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. You'll probably have seen it on Instagram at this point, but, uh, yeah, that came in today. So loving that. No new buys. I'm going on a bookish book buying all the bands this month because yep, it's we both are out of control. Yep. We both are. So both of us are each other's sponsor and we're holding each other accountable and, um, not buying anything bookish outside of obviously like subscriptions and things that we already had previous to this month. But, um, yeah, I have books that I need to read that are on my shelf. So no, Kirsten, you don't need to buy more books this month. <laughs> so true. I feel the same way. I did get my 
book of the month that started this month. So I just yeah. put my order for that. And I think we both got the same one and we both did half sick of shadows, which is the same author that wrote Ash Princess, which I really like that book. And I have not finished the rest of the series. That's in my book outlet order. So I will be finishing that soon. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one too. Oh, I was really excited to pick this one. And I love any kind of retelling. I think they're so fun. I'm very excited about this one. Yeah, I really like her writing style. So I'm excited to read something else from her as well. And I think this is, Ash Princess is a really young adult novel. So I'm interested to see if this is like a little bit more of a new adult or if it's going to stay kind of young adult. But the cover is really nice. Yeah, they didn't have it listed as young adult. They had it listed as just fantasy. So um, we'll see. I think I'm excited. I'm ex- it's it looks like a pretty good one. So um, we'll, we shall see. And then um, yeah, and then I got Ninth House because that's our uh, book club <laughs> read this month. So um, had to throw Ninth House in there as an add-on. So very excited to dive into that one. But you've already started Ninth House, right? So yeah, this month we're doing our first book club for the month and we started at the beginning of the month of June. So we'll do a discussion at the end of the month. And yeah, I decided to just start it early because I'm waiting for all my other books to either ship or come in from the library. So I have that one physically. I figured I'd start it now. I'm about hundred pages in. It's pretty good. I feel like nobody has ever read it. If we're being honest, everyone just owns it or has talked about reading it, but I don't know if anyone's actually read it. <laughs> so I got a ton of messages this week people like, wait, you're reading ninth house. I've had it on my TBR forever, or it's been on my bookshelf and I just never opened it. And I'm like, yeah, that's my theory is like hundreds of people own the book, but no one's actually read it. That's my thought. So if you haven't read ninth house, you can join us, head over to our Instagram and click the link in a bio to join the discord group and chat all about ninth house. Good stuff. It's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Everyone in there is awesome. So I'm, I'm excited to get my book and start (laughs) reading it. I'm ready for it. Should we get into what we're talking about this week? Let's do it. What are we talking about this week? We are talking about Crown of Midnight, which is the second book in the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass. So thoughts. Now that we're on the second book, not that anything's really changed. Team Dorian <laughs> or Team Kale? I don't know. I, I don't hate Kale as much as I thought I would. I think he's just an oblivious, naive, blindly loyal idiot. Like, that's how I feel about him. I'm not, like, mad at him. Yeah, it sucks. But there are other people I'm also mad at. He's not the only one that contributed to this mess. And so I think a lot of people wanted someone to blame and the fact that Selena blamed him. I think a lot of the readers, granted, we're only in the second book. Maybe he gets worse. I don't know. But based on this book, like, if this is why everyone hates him, I'm going to be like, okay, um, He was not the only one that contributed to the mess that happened. And so, um, and I think a lot of people are so protective of Selena that the fact that she was mad at him and just like literally tried to kill him. um, I think they sided with her and were just very protective of her and the situation that, that ensued, which we'll get to, but um, I don't hate him as much as I, as um, I thought I would. Um, once I finally got to what happened. So what about you? Are you still team Dorian? I, I really liked him in this book. I liked her and Kale together at the first, I think part of this book, I saw it coming together a lot better. I'm, I mean, I still like Dorian as an entity and I still like Kale as a character, but I, I know why her and Dorian don't end up together. So I, I'm not allowed to say. I like both of them. Dorian got a lot better. I liked Dorian in this book 
definitely warmed up to him a bit more. Kale, I still like, but I like them separate and I'm excited to see kind of where their stories go. Yeah, I really liked her friendship with Dorian, I think a little bit better in this one than I did in the first one. Uh, I think that I liked her and Kale and their relationship and how it was developing throughout. And I was kind of sad that that was the way it turned out. Uh, obviously as we go further on, there's, you know, things that will change and, you know, she's not going to forgive him at the end of this one, but I really liked how their relationship developed at the beginning of this one. And I loved kind of reading from Dorian's perspective of what was happening and, you know, how he was kind of letting her go and all of that kind of stuff. But I really, really liked the way that their friendship developed in this one. I thought that was well done. Um, so I don't know. I think I'm still team Dorian. Yeah. I, (laughs) I like Dorian. I just, again, I think, um, I, I'm definitely warming up to him more. Um, I think him and Kale are kind of on the same level at this moment in time. I just, from the first book, I thought Dorian was kind of just too, and there were still still parts. I mean, even at the beginning of this book, you you really see the difference in how Kale sees her and how he understands her and understands who she is and what she has to do and how Dorian is just like shooketh. And it's like, he can't, he never comprehended the fact that she's she's an assassin. And, you know, when she shows up in the court with (laughs) severed head, he's shook it and just like, she's so cold and this isn't the girl I knew and da, 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 da. And he can't discern who she is. So, and then in the next scene, you know, she's disposing of said head in the river and, um, Kale's like, okay, are you the King's champion now? Or are you selena like who you know and so because he knows like he knows it's hard for her he knows she struggles with it and um i think dorian only wanted to see one side of her and only wanted her to be one thing and to be you know this this sweet girl and the girl that he loved and da 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 when he can't you know accept the fact of who she truly was and kale I think does that in the beginning of this book. I mean, I think he does through that pretty much the whole, the whole book, um, accepts who she is and understands why she is the way she is. And for the most part, at least, um, and doesn't try to change her. I think he does get a little bit of the whole seeing her through rose colored glasses a little further on and it kind of nips him in the butt, but I don't know. That's, that's kind of my take on it. Or are you team Kale? Still kind of like Kale a little bit more. I just, I don't know. He's just, the sacrifices that he made and the things that he did to protect her, and I thought were good choices. And I thought were things that he was doing not only to protect her, but to also separate himself from what he was realizing as a very terrible situation and a very bad place to be and that he could make more of a difference, not there but maybe as the lord so um you know his thought process and what he was doing and trying to not only save her but help people as well i think he came to that realization a lot faster than dorian could and i think dorian has a lot more power than kale does but kale is the only one that seems to be utilizing that power at the moment yes i really thought this one started a lot better than throne of glass i will not lie i think it was because we already had an idea of what the world building was going to be but it started out really dynamic. And I think that the beginning was kind of put you on the edge of your seat really quickly. And you were like, okay, so this picks up exactly where we left off. She's doing exactly what we thought she was going to do, you know, going out and being the King's champion. And like you're saying, having those interactions with Dorian and the King. Um, and then I really liked her relationship with Kale and how it sort of 
has always been that kind of romantic relationship and kind of not. And, you know, that he really saw her for who she was and was checking on her and making sure she was okay. And he said, I have to go debrief her and all of that kind of stuff. But he's actually just checking on her mental health and then still having that internal dialogue of, I love her and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, she's starting to see that this is a life that she could maybe have with him. And I thought that was really cute. And I liked the way that their friendship was built and the routine that we kind of saw throughout. So, you know, they start with her running with Kale in the mornings and then her hanging out with Hemi and Fleetfoot, having those conversations and bringing her back in as a character and making sure, you know, we know that she's going to be kind of at the forefront of all of this. And then you start to find out Selena's secrets and what she's been doing in the meantime. Um, you know, we thought she was going out and killing the King's list. Uh, but as it turns out, she hasn't been. And we find that out right after she gets a, su- supposedly a list of people potentially that have been in rebellion against the crown. And so the King gives her, says he's going to give her one list at a time. And she finds out that it's someone she knew, not necessarily like a friend, but someone she knew from being an assassin, just like on the streets of Ardalane. I don't like him. I didn't like him from the start. Yeah. So that was going to be my question. What were your thoughts on that? Did you see him being kind of the mastermind of this whole thing? Or did you think that he was, I thought he was just going to be someone who was getting information because he was sleeping with all these like rich and powerful people. So I never really suspected until we got maybe towards the end that he was that intelligent in all of this and that he knew enough. I thought I had a feeling that he has just overheard a lot of really powerful people say things about overthrowing the king. I thought it was interesting because, you know, she gets invited to this party with him to kind of suss out some information and gather information from Davis and, you know, who this person is. Cause he's like, Oh, he's a leader. You know, he's supposed to be one of his clients. He's supposed to be close with, with Archer. And then things go bad. Basically Davis finds her snooping around and then he like cuts her with this poison knife and she starts getting sick. Basically she has to kill Davis and then get out. And so she kills Davis and she gets out. She gets back to the castle. This part with her and Kale, where she just like busts through his room and she just passes out. And I could just see it happening in my mind. It was so, it was such a good scene. And I thought it was very suspicious that she didn't get any sort of like letter or meeting or didn't have any sort of anything with Archer where he was like panicking. Cause I feel like if one of your, if like one of your clients or someone you were close with ends up getting killed on accident, why wouldn't you panic and be like, okay, why did you kill him? What, what happened? He was like, oh, here's more information. I'm just going to keep feeding you information. I don't know. It would just, it was a little weird for me. I was like, he, there's something weird here, but I didn't expect him to be the head honcho of the whole operation. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to say anything after Davis. Cause I think he kind of knew what he was getting himself into when he let her in that room and what she was getting herself into. I didn't think that was that shady. I just had a feeling that he was like, like he said, you know, he, him and Selena knew what it was like to be owned. And he was just kind of trying to get rid of these powerful people that were using and abusing him. And I think that's how that was set up that scene. I agree. I could totally see it in my head. And it was so heartbreaking in the way that they, that she set all of that up and is kind of a precursor, I guess, to her mood throughout the rest of the book and, you know, the things that she's experienced then. But I, I didn't think that he was going to be that important. I really thought the King put him on his list and was like, this is wrong. He's just trying to again, wrong the people who had been like using and abusing him. And I anticipate that he was some part of the rebellion, but definitely wasn't thinking that he was like a huge part of it. I think he was just selling money, like selling information for money and secrets and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can see that too. 
So yeah, I think she is, she does good with kind of setting people up that way where you think it's going to be someone else. And there's a lot of like suspects in the end of who it could be. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so she ends up killing Davis and Kale saves her and gives her the antidote and she's like struggling. And I think this is also kind of more of the building of their relationship and her realizing that he like cares for her. Basically, she talks about being paralyzed for like three days and being next to Sam's body the whole time. And I'm just like, that's horrific. Like that is, I'm not prepared (laughs) for the Assassin's Blade. And so I was just like, oh, this is going to be brutal. So that just broke my heart. Yeah, I I like that they brought in a lot of the magic and the mystery right at the beginning. Um, She has that dream kind of remembering Kane and all the things that happened to her. And she decides to go down to the crypt and see if she can find Elena. And Elena's like, I have less, you know, I have no power. I can't come visit you or what have you. Um, so she hasn't seen her in a long time. And she kind of told her, I think at the end of Throne of Glass, that it was going to be a while before she saw her again. And she goes down there and she meets Mort, who's the doorknob that talks, who reminded me of the labyrinth. I was waiting for David Bowie to pop out. And I was very confused. <laughs> I liked Mort. He was interesting, an interesting character to add. And I, their dialogue was always funny. But I also, I could, I could like feel her frustration. He's like, you're not asking the right questions. And I'm like, why you got to be so cagey about it? If you want her to be successful, that's one thing I'm like with riddles is this whole, you have to figure out the riddle. And I'm like, just freaking tell her. Like, you said this like, before, we'll never make it in the game show. No, no. And it's just like, you, you want her to save the universe and save everybody and all this stuff, but she's got to spend six months trying to figure out a stupid riddle that was just like, use the sword. I, I don't know. I just, it, that, that whole thing is like, again, it's part of the whole fantasy woo-woo magic shit, but it's also just like, just freaking tell. Like, I, I'm like right there with her. I'm like, just tell me, tell me what to do and I'll do it why they're like oh you're not smart enough to figure it out I'm like no I'm just pissed off just tell me what to do and I'll do it I definitely thought the amulet was going to play a bigger part in all this like I thought that that was what the eye was I thought that immediately when they were like the eye but I I don't know I think as we go forward obviously you'll figure out more about what the riddle is and you know where all the word keys are and all of that stuff but it felt like very beauty and the beast too it's like we can't talk about the curse but we'll tell you about the curse but we can't really tell you about the curse we'll just talk about it and i don't know it really did i was like is david bowie coming out this feels like the labyrinth like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um yeah it was uh interesting and then um you know she talks about going to the library and then she sees this creature skulking around the library and she thinks it's a human but then she feels the amulet it's like all warm and whenever that happens it's danger and she he she like turns back and he is gone or it's gone rather and um she's like I try to hold my pride together and walk really quickly and not run back to my room I was like I'd be gone there would be a Kirsten sized hole through that wall no way I would be hanging about just gonna walk really quickly no Mm-mm. I would have zero pride in that moment I don't even care I it would be fight or flight man and I would be flying out of there I don't think they brought this up enough I'm not gonna lie because she brought it up at the very beginning and I was like okay so this is gonna yeah. lead to something and then it's not brought up until the very end and you kind of find out what it is but I was like I don't know this one I like Throne of Glass better I think I think the structure was set up a little bit better there was too much yeah. info dumping in the wrong ways And this was one of those ones where it was like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And I get, I get the concept, but that whole scene with her and Dorian down there figuring out what that thing was, 
could have been cut out. Like it just wasn't necessary. And there were so many parts in here that I was like this, it just felt like she was like, okay, I have a thought this is going to, I'm sure it's going to make sense later on and all of that. But it's like, I'm not reading, I'm not reading that book right now. Like I'm not reading the information that you're giving me right now. And then going straight into air fire and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know. There was a couple parts in here that felt a little unnecessary. And I agree. I was like, okay, so this is going to be scary. Something's re- real is going to happen. And then he's just sort of brought up at the end in like one chapter. And I thought that was really weird and it didn't make a lot of sense for majority of the book. Yeah. I thought that one, I mean, I know it plays into kind of what the King has done and what he's created I don't think it when it, it didn't go into enough detail. Uh, it didn't, they didn't talk about what he was. I mean, they mentioned him being like mortal, but he's clearly been there for a long time. They're talking about like the word gate and the word keys. And she's trying to find these word keys. And the whole book was very like mysterious and trying to figure out who is Selena, and, uh, who is Nehemia, and you know, how do they play in and who's Archer? You know, it's just like, who's the head of this society that's rebelling against the king? And I don't know. It was, it was interesting. I I just thought there was a lot of questions that, that got brought up in this book. And I don't know if they were answered very well. Yeah. I think too many things happened. The conversation with Roland and Caltine Barr's lineage and all of that was a big jump for me. I understand what they were saying, but that was a big jump for me to think, okay, so they brought Roland into the inner circle, which what a terrible name brought Roland into the inner circle just so that they could take him down South so that they could explore his bloodline. And the same with, it was so weird how they did that too, because in the beginning she makes him seem like this like terrible, horrible human being. Who's just like ruthless and mean. and doesn't like Dorian. and doesn't like Hale and is terrible. And I was thinking she was going to set him up to be like, a villain, you know, a big villain. And he wasn't, he was just kind of there. I don't know. I thought there was a lot of weirdness that was going on with like their introduction was so like heated and just like charged. And then he's just kind of there. Like there's no, there's and nothing he didn't else. Have really a real arc, but then it was like, well, if I can guide him, then maybe he'll turn out to be a better person. And it's like, yeah, maybe he can, but there's no guarantees there. And is he now a better person? And then she brings up the matching rings between him and, you know, the other Lord and the King. And it was like, this makes no sense. Like nothing, I don't know. Those things were just really weirdly described. And again, I'm sure that it's going to come up in the theories, but like, it just made no sense. His character development was so poor. I don't think we needed to bring Lady Caltine Bar into this. I don't know her name. Uh, I don't think we need to bring her into it's this. Caltane. So you're yeah. right. <laughs> Caltane. I don't think we needed to really bring her into this. I understand that she's going to play a bigger role eventually, I'm sure at some point, but you could have just left her out of the book, brought that one page sentence or whatever, one page in further on. And there was a lot of things in there that felt significant and then turned out that they weren't, you know, Selena goes down there and has that conversation with her, talks to her. She finds out that like, she's being abused down there. She's still having headaches. She's still dreaming these weird things. And then Selena's like, I'm going to give her my cloak. And then Caltine Barr is like, thanks so much. I'll just like, make sure to tell the like wings not to come to you or whatever. And then at the end, when Selena's in the dungeon, she says, oh, her cloak was left. Like that's all that was left of her, of the lady when she got stolen away to the South. And it's like, I thought the cloak was going to be more significant. She was going to make sure that when something happened or, you know, she escaped or something, she was going to not come after Selena, something in that aspect, or that she would tell the Duke that she didn't want to marry him or, you know, cause Selena gave her the courage. I don't know. 
that felt like a significant moment just to turn into nothing. And then to be like, well, she has blood, like magic in her bloodlines and the king knows. So we're going to just like tuck that in our back pocket for later. There was a lot of things in here that didn't come together well. And I feel like this, I mean, I guess we can kind of go into it. The whole thing with Kale and Ahemia. Kale is ignorant. We knew that. Kale is blind and he is, you know, the loyal best friend who's always going to listen. And he starts to have inklings of being like, I may not be that loyal to the crown. And is it a bad thing? Haven't decided yet. I love Selena. Are we going to be together forever? We could be together forever. I could go back to being just a Lord, give up being the captain of the guard and all that kind of stuff. But then at the, in the same time, the King comes to him and says, you know, there's a threat in Nahimi's life. Keep an eye on her. And Kale makes the decision himself not to say anything to Selena. So it's like, I get that we're getting in that kind of morally gray character realm, you know, where he's making weird decisions. I just felt like he kind of had that blind loyalty and then barely had a debate with himself but also said to Selena, like at the birthday dinner that he would run away with her. And it's like, so where are we at with all of this? Like his character was a little, I don't know if it was underdeveloped, but it was just not not enough for me, for me to be convinced that like, he legitimately wouldn't tell her, like you took her virginity, you loved her, you did all these things. And you're not going to say like, Hey, I'm not supposed to tell you this and nothing real, but like, there's a threat in his life. You don't have to tell her about the questioning. He could have just said that because Selena's an assassin. She would have known what to do, all that kind of stuff. So that felt like a big setup to me like kale had to have known internally and that was really strange and then hemia is just kind of like i don't know damsel in distress that was really weird for her character as well so that annoyed me that annoyed me so much i if i'm being honest her character in this book was not it was not what i had expected it to be because in the first book she's so like she's so strong i mean she doesn't put up with anyone's crap at all. And there's only really one scene where she does that. Like when she's talking to Dorian and she's like, I know, you know, you're, I feel like you're struggling. If you need help, come to me, I will help you. Like, she's just like upfront forthright about it at the ball and like talking to him about, about it and everything like that. So that was really the only one, but the rest of the time, she's just like moping about and angry that, that Selena's the, the assassin and Selena only cares about herself. And okay, if you wanted her to be involved in this and you trusted her the way you said, I mean, she's the one that's saying no secrets. We need to be honest with each other, all this stuff and so on and so forth. And she kept more secrets than any of them. And why do you think that Selena would want to join your cause if you have not even given her any kind of inkling of and why you're- What is the cause? That was my question. I know it was the rebellion in her country, but like she didn't say that it was like this deep seated rebellion. You know what I mean? No. And it was just like, there was just so many things that she lied about knowing, literally knowing Elena, having conversations with her, getting rid of the Ritterac and knowing that Mort existed and could talk and knowing her way around the castle, being a part of the, of the rebellion, having all of this, knowing about word marks, knowing every, everything. And then she pulls this manipulative bullshit with Archer and the, and and everything. And that made me so mad. And Elena's like, it's the only way. And I'm like, no, it's not like we've, we've talked about this before about communication and fantasy books are just not, it's just non-existent. It doesn't, it's not a thing. And it's like, if these things are communicated to her early on, if Nehemia was honest with her, I mean, Selena told her, she's like, I haven't been killing these targets. I've been helping them escape and I've been, you know, doing all this stuff. And then Nahimi's like, later on, like what however long later, she's like, oh, I need your help. You should, you should join this rebellion with me. And she's like, 
you're going to get yourself killed. Like, no, she's like, you know, you're going to get yourself killed. I want to live a quiet life. I want to live. I've dealt with so much shit. She's like, so have I. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, really? Like when she said that, I was like, hmm, no, maybe take a step back and think about what you're saying. And she's like, you're just, you're a coward and all you are is selfish and da, 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 da. I'm like, why is it so bad that she would want to have a peaceful life? Like, I understand she points out, you know, there's no peace with a king, with someone like that on the throne. And I get that and everything like that. And she has the ability to help, but it's also just like, why is it so, and she asked her that. She's like, why is it so bad for me to want to live a peaceful life? Why is it so bad for me to want to do that? And you know that, that freaking Nehemia knows what's going to happen and she does it and turns her against Kale. I mean, again, Nehemia is part of this whole freaking thing. She knows what's going to happen. She tells her. So she's like, I know what my fate is going to be. And she talks to Elena about it. And Elena's like, oh, it's fine. Like turn her. Basically she's straight up with that. It, in so many words says, turn her against Kale and break her heart. She'll come back. It's fine. And it's just like, that's messed up. I don't know. I, I don't, mm, I didn't like that. I did not like that. I was just like, really? That's how you're going to do this. That's how you're going to get her to join the rebellion is you're going to make her angry at Kale and just break her heart in a million pieces in a million different ways. It's just not, I didn't, I didn't like that. I felt like that friendship was a little bit ungenuine. If we're being honest, like they hadn't known each other really that long for it to be like Nahemia's death was what was going to turn her tide to like the rebellion and all that. And I think Selena would have been convinced earlier on if there had been communication and all of those conversations had been had because there was, it was, it would have been very easy to do that, but I don't know. They just didn't know each other very long. It's like, you've known each other six months, if that, and I get that you're friends, but it's not like she was good enough friends to have sparked the kind of, I guess, rage that we saw from Selena as like the original assassin and all that kind of stuff. So it was heartbreaking. That scene was heartbreaking, you know, when she finds her in her bedroom and she attacks Kale and all that kind of stuff. But it just felt really like ungenuine as far as our friendship goes and all of that, because I just didn't feel like she was good enough friends for her to have like sparked the rebellion that said, I'm now the queen of whatever that place is called. And now I'm going to like lean into my fairy roots and take my throne. Yeah, I... I don't know. I just did not like the way that she went about it. I felt like it was so manipulative and just like, again, if you had communicated these things from the beginning, yeah, Kale should have told her that there was a threat on her life. Kale should have said, yeah, the King's meaning to interrogate her. Yeah. He should have said that, but everyone is so protective of, of, I think Nehemia and there, there's so many things. And, you know, after she dies, Selena figures all this stuff out and she figures out she sees all the notes on her desk she sees all the information she talks to Archer like there's all these things that she's piecing together and figuring out and she's mad and I think she has every right to be mad at Nehemia every right to be mad it's like you had been honest with me and you had told me up front I could have been there for you I could have I could have saved your life instead of just leaning into your fate tell me, be upfront with me. Let's have a freaking conversation. Like, come on people. We're all adults here. Let's have a conversation. And it's just so frustrating that no one, it's just, is so frustrating. And I was just like, really, this is what you're going to do. You're going to manipulate her into being the savior of 
Aurelia or whatever the hell it's called. This is what I was kind of saying in the first one is like, I would have liked a little bit more of a backstory with Nehemia and how this rebellion was created. Like maybe a story in Assassin's Blade or something. I don't know. Maybe we'll get something in Air of Fire, but I would have just liked to know a little bit more about how she became part of this and, you know, what her faith or like what her, I don't know, what her fate was and like how she knew that she, that she was going to die and all that kind of stuff. So I just liked a little bit more background because it just felt really ungenuine to me. It was like, she's in three scenes in the beginning. The dog loves her and now she's dead, you know, like, and they were in a huge fight for most of this book. So yeah. I just thought that was really strange the way that all of that was kind of set up and it, it didn't, I wasn't convinced. I was convinced of the part where she went and killed the guy that killed Nehemia. I was totally convinced by that. And, you know, she kind of shows her true colors again with the King and the King loves that. And I believed all of that, but I didn't believe that that was, that would have been the spark that ignited her flame in the rebellion itself. And it doesn't, and it wasn't though. It yeah, literally it wasn't, but that was her intention with that was like, kill me. Essentially Nehemia said, kill me or I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. And that's, what's going to bring you back to realizing like you have to fight for this country. And it's like, that's not what did it though. What did it was capturing Kale. Yeah, well, even then, even Kale, like, it was, like, capturing Kale and Nehemia's death were the two pieces of the puzzle to convince her to lead this rebellion. And even, she's mad at Kale. I mean, she did, Kale getting kidnapped doesn't convince her to lead this rebellion. The thing, she doesn't lead the rebellion. She says, screw you, get out of town. I'm not, you know, there was no indication of her saying, I'm leading this rebellion. It's, she's taking it day by day and figuring it out. You know what I mean? I, I just, I don't know. Obviously when Nehemia died, that was so sad. And my heart broke when they're out in the morning and there she's out with Fleetfoot and Fleetfoot is waiting for Nehemia. And she's like, she's not going to come. And then it was like, but the dog still waited. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's so sad. But I don't know. I just, you know, you kind of get a, she's obviously grieving everything that happened and she basically doesn't leave her room or talk to anyone for like two weeks. And then she figures out who did it, which is Graves. And she finds him and basically just dismembers him and brings his head into the council meeting and confronts the guy who um, hired him to kill Nehemia. I don't know. It was, it was interesting, but, and then throughout this whole, obviously through this whole thing, a big plot point, which we have forgot to mention so far is that Dorian has found out or has figured out that he has magic. The whole book, he's trying to figure out who am I? What are my descendants? Like, how does this happen? How am I, how do I have magic? I like that storyline of him and trying to figure out what was going on with himself and the magic and, um, what did you think of Baba Yellowlegs? Yeah, I really liked that storyline for him too. And I like that we kind of got a three split POV in this book. And it wasn't just Selena. It was a little bit of Kale, a little bit of Dorian, a little bit of her. This was another one that those things that kind of came together a little too quickly for me. It's like, I need a prequel. Who are they? There's like one sentence that's like, the Iron Teeth clan is the only surviving witches. And it's like, okay, but why? Oh, they fought some dark creature. Okay, well, what dark creature? Oh, well, we're not telling you yet. I don't know. That was just a little bit strange. I didn't like how that came together. Her character is really strange. She's another very cryptic, riddle-esque person that's like, do you want to know your fortune? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I know it. And he's like, okay, well, what is it? And she's like, yep. And you're like, okay, this was fun. Moving on. You know, I don't know. It was just stupid. Her interaction with him was really dumb. I know that she knows, obviously they don't know what we know that they know. 
obviously she knows that he has magic and you know that he's asking about ancient forms of magic and how it could still be in his bloodline all of that kind of stuff so when selena goes to her and she says to selena oh i'll sell you dorian secrets it's like what secrets like you already knew that before he asked you're just now realizing like that he knows it's awaken but that whole interaction was i think well played out but again she is a weird character that felt a little unnecessary she gave a lot of really good information but then it's like well selena's gonna die and you're like what are you kidding me like why did we need to go through this like tragedy and turmoil again just so she could kill this lady and i kind of understand it but it was set up really strange. Come into my hut. I'm <laughs> Hansel, you're Gretel. I'm going to yeah. eat you. And then I'm going to beat the fire out of you with a chain and throw you into your own fire. Nobody's yeah. going to know. How are they going to know? It was, it was an interesting scene. I mean, I thought it was a fun, I, not a fun scene. It was kind of terrifying. The, the thought of a crazy old lady with iron teeth and iron nails. Nightmares for days. But yeah, I was just like, huh, but, you know, later on in the book, you kind of learn a little bit, and obviously from some of the spoilers that I've seen, as far as other characters that are coming in, it makes sense why this happened, and so I was like, okay, this makes sense as to why this happened, just because I, I know who's going to show up later, but I can, I would be very frustrated if I didn't know that I would be kind of like, who, who is this lady? Why, why is she important? Like what, what was the point of having this creepy old iron tooth witch and Selena killing her? And I don't know, it was just kind of seemed a little pointless at the time. Tossed in there. I understand the point, I guess, when we get to the end and the King explains that he was going to meet with her and stuff, but the interactions with her and Dorian, and her and Selena, I just, it felt very dramatic to me. And it was one of those ones that was like, okay, so that happened. And then this happened. And then that happened. And this happened. You're like, what happened? This book, this book was complicated. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of info dumping. I know that we're at the turning point right before we kind of get into the meat of the series. And that's why, but she, I don't know, could have written more books, could have spread it out, could have done less. There's just some things that felt a little unnecessary in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, so Baba Yellowlegs gets tossed in her fire and she dies and that's a whole thing. She's apparently some like witch queen or whatnot. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously the king mentions at the end, he talks about, okay, so these clans are going to show up. He's basically has said it in so many words that these he's expecting these witch clans from the north to show up and he's going to have to deal with that. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out i'm excited to see how that plays out because then he mentions the wyvern the ones that he's like breeding and for those that don't know wyvern or what wyvern are they are a subspecies of dragon so they are dragons but they only have two legs and their arm they don't have arms so their arms are their wings so kind of pterodactyl-esque um that's a wyvern so it's your dragon trivia of the day um, <laughs> but anyways so he's talking about that so you kind of get this idea that they're gonna have they're gonna play a bigger part in the series moving on we go back to that weird creature that she saw at the library she like finds a way from this book of the walking dead to open doors that shouldn't be opened. i don't know that was weird to me 
So the library was a bit strange because they brought her and Dorian in and said, in that first scene, she's sort of walking to the end of the library. And this is another one that felt like the labyrinth, but she's just walking and walking and walking. And you're like, okay, so obviously the library goes on for a long time. I imagine it going like deep into the dungeons, like catacomb style because of the way that it was set up. But then she's like, I decided I walked really far. I saw this big door of iron. I'm going to go back now. And then it's like 150 pages before we come back to this door. And in the meantime, Dorian has kind of also figured out that the library goes on forever and kind of also followed her. And I, yeah, so she finds the Book of the Walking Dead. She opens the door with the spells from it, the word marks from it, and walks through. And then she tells herself as it's chasing her back that she was the one that broke the seal, but she didn't. That thing has been running amok this whole time. So I thought that was a really strange comment for her to make and for her to continuously say. And this is another one that was just like, is this information that's going to play a part later because this creature is going to come back? Yeah, but then all of a sudden she was like, oh no, but he's been walking around stalking everybody and she like pieces out together. So it was very contradictory to like her thought process, which I mean, granted, if something like that was chasing after me, I probably wouldn't be thinking anything. I Yeah, no, that was a weird contradictory kind of moment because she was like, I'm the one who opened all the doors. And then the next moment she's like, this thing has been stalking people and moving around the, the, the library. And yeah, that was a weird moment. And then, the- but she says to Dorian, she's like, I broke the seals on all these doors. Yeah. So it's not just her internal monologue. She literally says it to Dorian and then is like, yeah. but I saw him outside the library and then doesn't ever like take it back. So that made no sense to me. I was like, I don't, I don't get what was the point of all of this. Like he was going to talk you either way. Cause you were down here and I don't, again, they never explained why he didn't eat the librarians. So none of that made sense. None of it felt necessary. It just was like showing that Selena knew ward marks and was an opportunity for like her and Dorian stressfully to establish that he knows magic. That's how yeah. I felt. And that was like such an unnecessary scene. It was super strange. I get that they use it later on when she, you know, draws the circle to come for Nehemia and then closes the portal and everything like that. But it was just such a weird scene. I was like, I don't understand what I'm reading here. This doesn't establish that like the King was experimenting with his, the powers of his word key or anything like that, because we don't know what it is. We just heard that it used to be mortal. And that was that. And it's like, so is it a zombie? Is he like a craven? What's going on here? Is it like a a zombies vampire situation? Like what, what are we doing? I, I don't know. I didn't like that. I thought Dorian's magic was interesting and how it continued to kind of play out. And I don't know. It, it was just sort of irrelevant in a weird way. And then Kale was so like taken aback by Selena that Dorian was like, I'm just not going to tell him. We're just going to not tell him. Okay. Like, let's just leave it out for now. And it was like, what, what was the point of that? You know, they kind of go, I guess we can get towards like the ending really, but yeah, or that very large section of ending, Mm -hmm. she goes down into the thing. She's like, I need to talk to Nehemia, which understandably I would do the same thing if I could talk to her. And then that part was so weird. It was like, I'm going to sit here for a really long time. Oh, she's going to show up and she's going to tell me like, I'm not going to answer any of your questions. It felt very poppy. And when she goes to visit her dad, (laughs) I know you have a lot of questions, but, and I was like, you're just going to walk away. Poppy and Nikto's moment. (laughs) Yeah. It was so stupid. And I was like, but you're not going to answer any of your questions. All you're going to tell her is like, I knew this was my fate. And that was that. And the dog's going to be sad. And I was like, okay. And then some creature comes through and Kale comes to the rescue and Elena's there and Dorian's there. And, and then it's just like, we're going to eat Fleetfoot. I'm going to turn into a fairy. The end. Yeah. It was very hectic. It was just very like, I mean, throughout the thing, Kale's kind of piecing together who she is, that she is from Therese and she's from some sort of 
noble family because he spied her singing this weird song um at Nehemia's grave and so he's like I've never heard that before that's weird um so he's like researching that so that was interesting that was another thing that was so strange I was like what it's like she had to throw something in there that was like Selena's not who she says she is but we already knew that yeah. it was that was so weird I was like but how would I mean, you as know readers, that? As readers, we already know that. But I think that was her trying to piece together those like breadcrumbs for like Kale to figure out. You know what but I mean? But it was like, how would Kale have known? I don't know. The the jump from like, okay, obviously it's a different language to like Terracinian lineage to like only Terracinian royal court was like a librarian and he didn't even really know. And then he was like, well, none of those yeah. stories are true. That jump was too big for me. I, w- I was yeah. not convinced by him, like figuring all of that out. That's where I was at. Yeah. I mean, he kind of goes through like the genealogy and some of the other things. And I, I think it was just her way of trying to like bring Kale into that. That was interesting to me. And then the whole, that whole end scene was so weird. Cause she's like talking to Archer. She, you know, sees Nehemia and Nehemia is like, close this portal. Don't, open it up again you won't like what's going to come through and it's like okay that's cryptic and so again with the I know everything I know everything that's going on but I'm not going to tell you anything and it was just so annoying of just like just tell her so fresh that's one thing that I was like really frustrated about in this book there were so many opportunities that if she had told her she knew Archer was the head of this society Nehemia knew that and she knew that she knew that Selena was going after him, that Selena was the one that was supposed to kill Archer. And then Nehemia wrote in her book, Don't Trust Archer. Why wouldn't you tell Nehemia? Why wouldn't you tell? Why wouldn't Nehemia tell Selena his bad news? If she had killed Archer in the beginning, Nehemia wouldn't have died, like at all. If she had actually killed Archer, Nehemia wouldn't have died because Archer was the one who set up the assassination to kill Nehemia. And I'm just like, oh, that, that, that didn't sit right with me. That was kind of annoying with, it's kind of an annoying point. And I'm like, again, Nehemia had been honest. There wouldn't have been all this like tragedy and crap, but I guess that's part of the backstory and part of it. I just, I don't know. I just didn't like how it all fit together. I really did not like how all the manipulation from everyone in this book was just so annoying I was kind of over it by the end but and so she accidentally changes the word mark and so that's what throws it into this other dimension of like demon creatures that are coming through and then Archer is like sitting there just like trying to chant random things out of the book that obviously don't are not working like it's not working bro and so you know you hear this I don't know. It's just utter chaos. And Dorian and Kale run down there and they see this scene of like Archer in the corner and Fleetfoot is trying to protect Selena. But Selena is, I don't know. It was so weird. That's just kind of how I saw it. And there was this creature that Fleetfoot was trying to like fend off. She was just knocked out in the corner. I was just kind of confused with the whole situation. And then of course, Kale's fighting off this creature and then he's Dorian grabs Selena's trying to leave and then the creature grabs Fleetfoot and drags her in the hole. And I was like, no, not the, the, I was not like, the I'm out. I was, if we are killing off another like animal side character, I know I, I saw that and I was like, I know this did not just happen. I just, shut and the then book. 
I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. And then Kale goes in after Fleetfoot. And so, and then Selena shakes off Dorian and runs into the realm to save Kale and Fleetfoot. And then at this moment, she decides she's going to shake off her mortal form and become her faithful. I don't think she decides. That was what I was saying. I feel like this whole scene wasn't set up very well because it's like, she steps through and it's like, oh, there's magic here. Okay, great. I, I can be a fairy now. It, and it made it sound like she didn't have a choice. Like as soon as she entered a realm of magic, she was a fairy and that was that. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't feel like this whole book was set up very well to say that. I know she knows who she is, but I wasn't convinced that she knew who she was this entire time. And then she walks through and is like, I'm a fairy. And it's like, okay, well, did you know you were a fairy? Because it didn't seem like you knew. You, you seem just as surprised as all of us. Well, I mean, she tells Kale that her grandmother was a fairy and she could turn into a creature. She knew that she was fairy because she could. Yeah, prior to this, it wasn't explained very well is what I was saying. Like, I don't think her character was set up very well to be like, yeah, I was a fairy. I knew the whole time. It's like, why were you such a coward then? Why were you such afraid? So afraid of all of this stuff. But then at the same time, your internal monologues, like the king is evil. It's like, pick one. Your king is evil and you're going to like take back your birthright or like you're going to go live a peaceful life and pretend like you forgot who you were. It was really conflicting to me. I think it's more of a fear situation for her. I mean, she was obviously eight years old when her parents were slaughtered and they were annihilated. So what would she, what chance would she have against like one against the king? You know what I mean? So I think it was a lot of fear based of her. Like, I don't have a chance against this, especially without magic in the realm. I'm mortal. I'm not say i think it was she just wasn't in control she talks about having some kind of uncontrolled magic that's coursing through her and she was scared of it and she says she remembers that fear and not knowing if she was going to she's like i am just as capable of hurting kale as i am hurting these creatures and it was unintentional switch because she talks about not being able to control the switch back and forth between human and fey like you said, I don't, I don't think she intended to like come out as Faye basically, but um, I think it just kind of happened with the magic in the realm and her not being used to that power after 10 years of not having it. And then it's surging back like that. Obviously, you know, she's going to, it's going to, it's going to show up. And so that's, I think that's kind of what happened. And then obviously she like quakes this world basically and then um you know kale drags fleetfoot out kale drags her out and then she as soon as she's pulled through the portal she turns back into her mortal form i I don't know i I don't feel like her character was very well set up for that explanation and like she didn't have a clue what was going on and it, it just felt like very ungenuine to her character that we as like the reader didn't hear any of that monologue prior to the situation she was just like maybe i am a coward oh well moving on And it wasn't like, there is something that I could do, but I am a coward and I'm afraid. Like, we didn't know that she could do anything. If you haven't read spoilers, if you don't know what's going on, and then they're like, oh yeah, PPS. She's the last heir of whatever that country is and like going to come and save everybody or has a potential to save everybody. And then we get to Kale and Kale's like, well, I'll send her over there and she's going to go infiltrate their higher up court. And he's the one's her there because it's her cousins and they're going to protect her. But like, in reality, the King wants her there so that she can murder all of them. And it's like, that came together way too. Yeah. I don't know. It was, that was a little weird. And then the fact that he went to his dad for that was just kind of like, you hate this man. You want nothing to do with him. You can't even be in the same room with him longer than five minutes. And then you're going to go to him to save the woman you love was a little, like you said, the plan came together too quickly. 
Yeah, I didn't understand it. It made no sense. They get done. He's like pissed at her for never telling him that, that she was a fairy. And Dorian obviously is knocked out this whole time and is like, what just happened? I missed it. And then Kale's like, I'm going to go concoct a plan. Now that I figured out who she is, I'm going to go give me one minute. And it's literally like one minute. Like it's two pages. He has a chat with his dad. And then it's like, I want to send her here because there used to be someone that may or may not have been a fairy somewhere in this general vicinity on your way. I think your family may or may not have been in this place possibly, but like, I'm going to risk everything for nothing to tell the King. I don't know. It just was, it was such a weird plan. I get where they're coming from and all of that, but it, it was so weird. And it's like, I know you're setting it up for the next book, but we haven't heard anything about this other realm or like this other country that you want to send her to this entire time, other than that they would like spark rebellion. And now all of a sudden you want to send his like assassin across the seas, how the King was not like, Hmm, suspicious. That was just, I don't know. It's so weird. This, this happens every time the plan that like, comes together so quick and you're like, what just happened? I, this yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. It came together really quick. And it was just kind of like, okay. And the fact that you kind of mentioned this earlier about how Dorian's like, yeah, I should have this conversation with Kale about the fact that I have magic. And um, yeah. And then that never happened again with the secrets, just communicate people. Neither of them tell Dorian that who she is. And I understand why she, Actually, I don't understand why she does it because he has magic and he has just as much to lose as her. Um, He, you know, has his kingdom and has like his life is on the line as well, you know, for having magic and same with her, you know, she has her kingdom, she has Terrasan. And if she, they found out she was Faye, then she would be killed. Like it's, they have just as much on the line as each other. And so the fact that she doesn't confide in him, even though she confides everything else in him, and then still confides everything, literally everything in Kale after quote unquote, not trusting him anymore. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was so weird. And I get that she loves him and she kind of forgives him in her own way, but can't get past it kind of a thing. And so, I don't know. It was just weird. I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't, this wasn't this, I don't know. I'd like to see what the plan is for Dorian because I agree. It makes no sense. It's just like him and Selena could have like navigated that together with Kale or like Kale being in the know at some point and for him to just like ship her off and Dorian to be like, yeah, that sounds great. Bye. See you later. And it's just like mild panic behind the scenes. But like he could have had that conversation with Kale and been like, yo, listen, like, hello, I have some issues too that we need to like chat about. And he didn't. I I don't know. I'm interested to see how Era Fire plays out because none of it makes sense. Yeah, this one was uh, interesting. And I think of everything that I've heard from like reading reviews or hearing videos and things like that of people talking about it. This was the one that people were just kind of like, this one's weird. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it's kind of not the best one in the series. So um, yeah, this one was not my favorite I mean granted I've only read two of them but so far this is not 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 my favorite I think Throne of Glass ended a lot better and was set up a lot better there was just like a huge amount of not even info dumping it was just like breadcrumbs I don't know it wasn't like real information and it wasn't like a mass amount of world building it was just like this happened to this person this happened to this character this happened to that character and this happened to that character it was like okay so all the side characters have plot lines now great moving on and you're like was that the point of this whole book was just like a bunch of side characters to get their plot lines. And then to be like PPS, Selena's a fairy moving on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was strange. And then obviously she's leaving and she's at the docks and K 
Kale's like, oh, you're going to leave without saying goodbye. And I'm like, stop. And so she's like, tells him everything pretty much in a very short summary of, you know, tells him about the word gates, tells him about the king, tells him about um, the word keys, like everything. And I'm just like, okay. And so again, another like weird transition into that. And then he's like, okay. And then she whispers something in his ear and then she's leaving and he's like, I love you. And she's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, that's the, the scene that came to mind when this happened was um, from the movie The Holiday, where Cameron Diaz and Juval are like laying in the bed and he's like, I love you. And she's like, okay, I don't know what to say. And he's like, well, if the answer isn't obvious, I think that's an indication of uh, your feelings. It was just like what came to mind was Jude Law and Cameron Diaz in The Holiday. But yeah, it was awkward. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. And so she like gets on the boat and is staring off after him for like a day until she can't see straight and then passes out and goes to sleep. That was just kind of how I read that. I was like, okay, that's cringy. And then Kale's like running through the castle trying to figure out why, what she was saying. She gave him a date and it was the date that her parents were killed. And then he's like looking up all this information and he figures out it's the date that the king and the queen and their nephew was murdered. And then he keeps reading and he's like, oh no. And then it says, Aelin, their daughter was never found. He's like piecing all these things together of no. It's, he's figured it out, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to believe it. They talk about her eyes was the other thing. And so that was weird. So they're like the fairest eyes from legends old of brightest blue ringed with gold. And so he's like, she's not in league with Aelin she is Aelin and then he like crumples to the ground and is like "Ah." I don't know it was just this very weird moment this is what I'm talking about there's that part in there where Nehemia kind of says something and Archer says it where it's like Aelin's gathering her forces and she's trying to build an army and then Selena's like well that must be a fake Aelin because the regular Aelin's dead and that was technically internal monologue so that's why I was like really confused because I was like I know who she is obviously because we've read spoilers but that part was so strange it's like Why even mention her? She was telling herself that she was a coward. She had this big fight with Nehemia. Nehemia dies. And then it's like, well, was Selena secretly? And I guess we'll find out. If I say this again, I'm going to flip a table. But like, I guess we'll find out in the next one. If she was gathering forces, that was just weird. It like made no sense to me. It's like, did you just want to mention it to mention it? I think there's some sort of infiltrator. I think there's someone who's claiming to be Aelin. I think she says, you know, she says Aelin is dead because I think she has convinced herself that she's killed that part of herself. Nehemia talks about bringing that court back to life and bringing, you know, that, that power back to life. And she even tells Nehemia, she's like, Nehemia's like, I don't understand why you're not fighting. And she's like, they killed everyone I love in one night. This isn't some game. Yeah. Your, your dad lost his crown and people have died. 500 people died and that's horrible. But my entire kingdom was taken out in a matter of days. So don't tell me about fear about not knowing my enemy like and I like that because I'm like she's right what right does Nehemia have to be like you're a coward and I'm like screw you dude screw you and then she's like oh Aelin is gathering forces and Archer says the same thing and she's like she's not who she says she is she is that's there's no way 
because she is Aylin. And she's like, I'm not doing that. So she's, she never not- says that. She never says like, oh, but I'm not doing that. So obviously this Aylin's not real. It's like, she just says, oh, Aylin's dead. So that must person must be fake. That's what I was saying. I just felt like it was weird. It was like, I get it because that's the premise, but like, was she just bringing her up to bring her up so that we knew later on, like who she was? Because it was kind of unnecessary and it's just like weirdly thrown in there. And then it was like all the conversations they had about her made it sound like she was a real person, whoever this imposter Aylin was. But that would have been a perfect time for her to kind of hint at she's dead because I knew her or like she's dead because, you know, the whole family's dead. It's not like she's dead because I'm her and I've like cut that part of me out. And then it's like, oh, yeah, PPS, I'm her. I don't know that that's that her identity thing wasn't well-constructed. Yeah, I thought there were, there were pieces where, I mean, there were certain things where she's obviously, because we've seen spoilers and stuff, so we know who she was, but I don't know. It was just, it was weird. And it was, again, the fact that she wasn't upfront with Dorian about the whole thing was just frustrating to me. Like that was something that was frustrating to me because she's mad that Nehemia knew all this information and was a part of this big organization and everything like that, but didn't say anything yet. She's doing the exact same thing to Dorian. Um, but she trusts Kale enough to tell him everything. I don't know. It was just weird. And so I, I don't know, this one wasn't, was not it for me. This one wasn't, it was just a lot of chaos the whole time. It just was not, I don't know. I don't think the information flowed smoothly. I think she was starting, like you were saying, starting with one idea and trying to go one way and then be like, no, I don't like that. She just like careened the other way. Yeah. And like added a lot of information that kind of felt irrelevant. And then also at the same time was like given to early on, I think in the book. I don't know. What was your star rating for this one? I would say this one's probably like a 3.5 for me. Yeah, same. I gave it the same. What are your kind of yeah. like final thoughts? I guess we can go into that. It's been a while. <laughs> what are your kind of final <laughs> thoughts on the book? Um, my final thoughts. Um, I I liked Dorian in this book. I liked um, I liked his arc and his progression and him figuring out, you know, his process of figuring out that he has magic and how he still doesn't know how he has magic. That was one thing too because she knew that he was trying to figure that out and she knew how he still had how he had magic but she didn't explain that to him and I didn't like that it's like that's pretty crappy to like not mention that when he's been searching for that reason and trying to figure it all out so he can protect himself you know and so there's that was kind of meh I didn't like that but um her twists and turns of her character were just kind of weird um Kale, I think it's just a blindly loyal, naive idiot, but I think he's figuring it out and he has figured it out, obviously, and he's coming around to it and trying to figure out a way as Lord to make some sort of difference in what's going on. I thought Nehemia, I was in the same kind of place as Selena as far as being kind of mad at Nehemia and kind of annoyed that she didn't say anything and she wasn't honest with her and that's pretty much why she was dead again with the fantasy series and the lack of communication is kind of par for the course for these but yeah I mean overall it was it was okay I mean there was some information that you got that was good it started off really strong I thought it started off really really strong then it just kind of got a little too windy and weird and not really making sense so I thought there were certain things that could have been left out but yeah, it was 3.5 for me. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, it's not 
my favorite. I, I liked the first one better for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I loved Dorian's character in this one. I think his arc was really great and I'm excited to see what she does with him going forward and how his magic is going to progress. And hopefully he takes over the crown soon and all that kind of stuff and makes a real difference. I thought there was a lot of side characters in here that were super unnecessary. Roland, Calteen Barr, Nahimi as, as an entity, really, if we're being honest, I didn't think she was that necessary. I really loved her and Kale's relationship for the part one of the book. I thought it was so cute when they were out on the balcony dancing and like hanging out and all the things she did for him for his birthday was so beautiful. Um, and I thought that was really it was just so cute and special and the dinner that she planned for him and all this kind of stuff. And that was the chip in the armor for him kind of discovering that maybe he isn't as loyal as he thought he was. And maybe he is willing to give up captain of the guard for bigger and better things. And I don't kind of like you, I don't really blame his character for what he did, but I thought this was a good progression for setting up how he's going to be the rest of the series as this sort of pining whiny guy, which is what I think he's going to be. Um, but I really liked the, I really liked the magical element of it and how that was kind of brought in a little bit more, her conversations with Mort and trying to figure out the riddle and all that stuff. And I think there was more of an explanation with magic in the realm in this one than there was in the first one. And it made a little more sense, I think, with how it was set up. But yeah, I gave this a three and a half stars. I think the ending was just a little bit too much for me. There was too many side characters, too many side stories, too many small things that happened that are going to make sense later that don't make sense now that made it a little less enjoyable. But I think this one had a much better start I was hooked immediately, was really interested to see what was going to happen. Uh, it's just that ending gets a little too chaotic to make any sense, I think, for anyone. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So those are our thoughts. We love Throne of Glass. We love Sarah J. Mass. It's nice to be back in her world. I love her writing style. Yeah, she's, you know, a great writer, but I this one, yeah, just wasn't it. Um, I'm excited to reread Assassin's Blade. I liked that one a lot. I liked the stories in it and I think it's interesting and I'm glad we're doing it now instead of kind of later on when we already know yeah. what's going to happen. I've heard that that's the best way to read it. So. Yep. I'm excited to read it. I don't know if I'm prepared, but we'll, we're going to, we're going to go for it. So um, it's going to be brutal, but we'll go for it. Yeah. I think it'll be a really good time. Um, I'm excited for you to finally hear the whole story of Sam. I, I love their dynamic. I love how they become iconic in that way and all that kind of stuff. And she has some really funny, one of the, a few of the stories in here are really good. Um, and I really liked them the way that was all set up and I'm excited to kind of go on to the rest of the series and see what happens. Finally understand all the spoilers. This one was a little bit, I think of a growing yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. I think she, I think this was probably the book in the series where she's like, okay, we got to explain a few things. Cause I have plans for the rest of it. And I'm just going to put a bunch of stuff on this one and try to explain everything. Yeah. I'm, Confused as to how there's going to be like five more books and there's still so much information that this one couldn't have either been longer or shorter or written a little differently. That makes me nervous for like the rest of the series, but Same. everybody says it's good. It's probably good. Hopefully. Yeah. They say era fire is where it really takes off. And so I am very excited to start era fire um, after the assassin's blade. So yeah, that's just along for the ride, man. Yeah, that's what we're here for. What is your obscure book recommendation? For those of you so, that haven't been here, we do a mildly obscure book recommendation per week. Some things you haven't seen on the bookish interwebs. So Kirsten, what is yours? Yeah, so mine is a summer read. It is uh, called The Summer House by Jude Devereaux. This book is about three best friends who all have, you know, the same birthday. They're celebrating their birthday at this summer house in Maine. 
they all expect all these different things from each other, but they're all kind of led different lives than they had expected. And so um, they end up finding this little, and they find this little witchy lady and she says, all right, you have the opportunity to go back in time and relive any two weeks out of your life and make different decisions. And those different decisions will impact the rest of your life. And once you come back after living those two weeks, you can either decide to keep your life the same or change it based on the decisions you made in those two weeks. And so it's this really cool premise that all these women go back into, you know, these different times into their lives. Um, It was such a interesting premise for a book. It gets you thinking about, you know, your past and things that, uh, choices that you've made and where, you know, how it's led you to a certain point. So I really like this one. This was a great summer read. Obviously it's called The Summer House, but it was, it was a lot of fun and it was, it was a easy read, a quick read. Um, Jude Devereaux, her books are always so fun and so enjoyable. So yeah, that's my obscure book recommendation, The Summer House by Jude Devereaux. What about you, Tatiana? Mine is the another summer read also, <laughs> Little Beach Bakery by Jenny Colgan. I think that's how you say her name. I'll just read you the back. A quiet seaside resort, an abandoned shop, a small flat. This is what awaits Polly Waterford as she arrives at the Cornish coast, fleeing a ruined relationship. To keep her mind off her troubles, Polly throws herself into her favorite hobby, making bread. But her relaxing weekend diversion quickly develops into a passion. As she pours her emotions in kneading and pounding the dough, each loaf becomes better than the last. Soon Polly is working her magic with nuts and seeds, chocolate and sugar, and the local honey, courtesy of a handsome beekeeper. Packed with laughter and emotion, the little beach bakery is one of how one woman discovered bright new life where she least expected a heartwarming, mouthwatering modern day chocolade. You're all welcome for how I just said chocolade, because I ain't French <laughs> at all. <laughs> chocolade. Um, this one's really funny. It comes with recipes in the back, which I really like. Uh, I read this a couple years ago and then rebought it as at a book thrift sale and it's really cute it's a really same it's a really fun quick read I I really like ones where they kind of dive back into hobbies and then it's this like quirky fun funny romance where it's like the unlikely man that is like her supplier or something ridiculous like that that she falls in love with so I love the handsome beekeeper yeah uh, yeah. trope (laughs) shocker that's a those are always fun so this one is quite a long book though I won't lie to you it's like 450 pages 420 oh, pages so it's pretty long that's a pretty pretty good read so you have to do summer read yeah, yeah it's definitely. good I really liked it I think it's funny it's I think it's been out for quite some time and the cover's really pretty right yeah so mine's Little Beach Street Bakery by Jenny Colgan and yours is The Summer House by Jude Devereaux yep any announcements we have going on any info Oh, um, yes. So we guested on a podcast. If you guys haven't heard already, we guested on uh, Books to Last podcast. So um, that episode actually dropped on June 1st. It is basically a podcast where you get to pick five books that you would read for the rest of your life if you were deserted on a desert island or um, some deserted area. So yeah, so Tatiana and I picked our five books and it was so much fun talking to Jordan and doing that. So if you have some time to listen to that, please go over and listen to that episode and to some of our other episodes are great. So it's such a great podcast and we had so much fun recording it. Yeah, really good recommendations. I found a couple of books that I bought now from all the good recommendations from the other guests that were on it. We still have the book club. I know we said this at the beginning of the episode, but we're doing the book club all the way through June for the ninth house. And then we'll pick another one in July. August, et cetera, et cetera, going on 
Um, like we said, that's in a discord group separate from Instagram, but you guys can follow us along on Instagram as we kind of read through the books and then we'll do a video meetup at the end of the month. We can kind of chat. So our monthly live will be on the 17th, same time as last month. Yeah. Six. So be 4.30 PM Pacific time, 5.30 mountain, 6.30 central, 7.30 Eastern. If you guys want to head over there and join us for that, I think that's it. So the next episode will be Assassin's Blade. We have a bonus episode coming out mid-month on The Lost Apothecary, and then we have another bonus episode coming out at the end of the month with a special guest we're super duper excited about. So very excited about that episode. That's going to be a fun episode. So many, so many great things in the pipeline. So yeah, if you liked this episode, like our Instagram, share it with a friend, leave a five-star review. If there's anything that you guys would like us to review or read or do an episode on, please let us know. Um, we're always open to any kind of recommendations. So thank you all for tuning in and listening. So yeah, if you guys aren't following us, our Instagram is at the bookish banter podcast on Instagram. We have a TikTok as well. All of our information and links are in the link in our bio on Instagram. If you guys have questions or ideas, message us. And like Kirsten said, leave us a nice review and we will talk to you guys next week about Assassin's Blade. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.